0: Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. To have you this morning, great to get together. I always love coming together, the first service of the year as we uh, set the trajectory of our ships as we set the navigational course for the start of the year. And I know there'll be many course corrections in your life, uh, but we have lots going on this year. It's gonna be a tremendous year of challenge. And as Sue has said, you know, we've come to the end of a decade, and uh, this is our fourth, this is Viv and my, the beginning of our fourth decade in full-time ministry. Can you believe that? (laughs) I mean, it looks so young. How can that be? How can that be possible? <laughs> Praise God. But um, you know, I, I always do take an opportunity in a moment. People, someone once said that you can always learn from your past, but we need to slightly correct that. We actually only learn from our past if we take time to reflect on the past. And uh, and so as we come into the service today. Perhaps a little reflection for you and a little bit of time during the week, reflecting on what's happened in the last 10 years of your life. If we were to look back in the last 10 years, no doubt many of us would say it's been challenging. Some of us would say we've had some real mountain peak experiences, some tremendous highs. Uh, but along with that, no doubt, if you can live on the same planet as me, there's been some tremendous lows that you've also experienced. That's part of life. We can't continuously live on the mountaintops you know, the the Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain with Jesus, and they they saw a transfiguration of Christ in his glory, talking with Moses and Elijah. What a mountaintop experience. Peter was so moved by it. He says, Let's build three tabernacles, one for each of you. As Peter did. He was so emotional in that high moment. And we all experience those type of moments within our life. At least I hope you have done. Um, But some of us would have also felt like maybe uh, the last decade was like a maze. You know, have you ever been into one of those? I don't like going into those mazes because I get claustrophobic. I can't find my way out. And I think I'm going to be trapped in here forever. (laughs) But sometimes life can be like that. We feel like we're in this maze. We want to get out, but we can't. We feel like we're trapped every time we turn a corner. There doesn't seem to be an exit door out of the place that we're in. And life can also feel like that. And I I guess if we're honest too, some of us would say, well, I did some pretty dumb things in the last 10 years. I did some things that weren't so smart. And some of those not so smart things, I'm still paying the price. I'm still paying the consequences for some of the dumb decisions that I made in the last 10 years. Maybe some of you are reflecting back and you can look back and you can see that, There were times when the people that you relied on let you down. And that brought along with it a whole package of disappointment. Maybe you're still processing some of that disappointment within your life. Maybe you let people down. Maybe people were looking to you to be their example and you let them down. So we can reflect and we can look back on a lot of these different things. But this morning, I want us to be able to set our sights. And I, I, as I look back on the last decade of my life, I've had a very, very busy last ten years. I think back. I made the decision ten years ago to leave the denomination that I was ordained in. That I spent twenty-three years as a minister in uh, that denomination. Um, It was a massive decision for me to step out in faith. I then worked in a mega church and began planting churches. And then seven years ago, next month, uh, God called us to start Faith Point Church, where I got to meet all you guys. Absolutely awesome. One of the best decisions that we've ever made. And this year, we're planting Huapai, our third Faith Point Church. This year, who says, to hoo that? Yeah, come on, Pat. Awesome. Awesome. All the Huapites. So, um, you know, I look back on that and and, um, there's a lot that's happened in that last 10 years in my life. And I suppose as as I look back, there's probably many, many lessons and I was reflecting on some of the things. And here's a few of my personal reflections as I start the message today. The first reflection that I felt that came very clear to me is that there is never progress made without challenge. All progress comes with challenges. And this is the issue that we all face. If you are human like me, we all desire progress, but we want progress without challenge. And unfortunately, that is probably another planet far, far away in another galaxy. It's not one that I know of, but all progress that we make comes along with challenges that we will face. And some of those challenges can be extremely challenges. We want the progress, but we don't want the challenges that come with it. And I think of, I think of the classic example of the children of Israel. The children of Israel, they were enslaved for 400 years. They couldn't own anything. They couldn't own any land. They couldn't have any titles. They couldn't be business owners. They were slaves. They did what people told them to do for 400 years. Were they sick of that? Would you be sick of that? You can guarantee your bottom dollar. You would be sick to the back teeth of living under someone else's regime and orders and never having the freedom to make your own choices. And yet, when God finally released them to, into the promised land, they got halfway through making progress to experiencing freedom in the land of milk and honey. And along the way, when things got tough, when there wasn't any water, when there wasn't, where there was the same diet of food there was manna burgers, there was manna souffle, there was manna, there was manna macaroni, there was manna, all kinds of things The manna, 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 the same. And they, they said, We want to go back to Egypt. Progress was this way, they knew what they just walked from, and yet they had in their minds, I want to go back to the old way, because they loved the routines of the past, but they didn't want the lifestyle. They wanted leeks and onions that they had back in Egypt, because they were sick of Manny burgers every day. And you know, that's what it can be like for us if we're not careful, if we don't understand that we serve a progressive God, amen? The Bible says that our God takes us from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We have a God who wants to take you higher, further, deeper than you've ever been before, but you've got to be able to do it His way and that progress will demand challenges from you as the last 10 years has done in my life. The second thing as I reflect back, And there's a whole lot more, but I'm just giving you three today, is that God is not interested in my giftings and my performance as much as He is interested in my character. He's not even that interested in how much anointing I carry. He's actually interested in the condition of the internal workings of my heart the musings of my life, what's really going on inside of me, the motives, the motivations, the things that drive my life forward, that's what he's more interested in. I could work solely on becoming a better preacher, a better communicator, a better front person, a better leader, at the expense of the internal work of Christ within my life. And I would be a far worse person. Even if I ended up becoming a better communicator, I would be a worse person. God says choose to be a better person any day over your giftings, uh, your performance in this life. And the third thing that I was reflecting on is that unforgiveness is a prison that blocks me from becoming the best version of me. Unforgiveness and unwillingness to forgive as Christ has forgiven me will bring me into a prison that if I choose not to forgive becomes a prison of my own making. And the person that I'm hurting the most is me, not the person that I'm struggling with and my attitudes and bitternesses. The poison and syrup of unforgiveness will cost you more in your personal life and the person that you're having issues with and yourself. So forgiveness, I've learned, is the best way to go. So I wonder what your top three would be looking back uh, on the last 10 years of your life. So God's put us into a place where in the year 2020, we're as somebody rightly said, we should have been traveling in George Jetson's spacecraft. You know, this is, what it's, this is what 2020 was promised us in the 80s and in the 70s, that we would be having our, our spacecraft parked at the back door where we could fly around this planet and this earth. Well, it's not like that, but 2020 has got a lot in front of us in the moment, and this is what I believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about this morning, is that we owe it to God, we owe it to ourselves. And we owe it to others to be the best version of you than you could possibly be. This year, God is wanting you to be the best version of you that you can possibly be. How many would admit in years gone by you haven't been the best version of you? We've all had, it. sometimes we can characterize our oh, year 2016. That was a terrible year in my life, you know. I made some really bad choices. I got some bad attitudes. And as a result, I suffered for the rest of that year. So prophetically, last year in about November, as I was seeking towards 2020, the Lord said to me prophetically for the Faith Point Churches, this year is a year of grow and go. Grow and and go. Grow and go. God wants you to grow into becoming more like Christ. God wants you to grow in your understanding of who God is in your life. God wants you to grow in your attitudes and the motives that drive your life forward. He wants you to become a better you. He wants personal growth within your life. He doesn't want you to lean upon the crutches of excuses. He doesn't want you to always be playing the blame game as Adam did and said, it was my wife that gave me the forbidden fruit. He wants you to take responsibility for your world. He wants you to make good decisions in consultation with him, that you would grow into a better Christ-like person, a follower of Jesus that is able to be proud to be called a son and daughter of the Most High God. God doesn't want you to live as a spiritual dwarf. He wants you to grow into the spiritual giant that he's called you to be as we face this new decade today. And not only does he want you to grow, but he wants you to go. I believe the apostolic call of the New Testament church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I think it was Francis of Assisi, he said this, And use words if necessary. Preach the gospel and use words if necessary. In other words, demonstrate who Jesus is by the way that we live our lives, that people will sit up and take notice that you are a follower of Christ this year. He wants you to go and show the world who Jesus is. He wants you to go and begin the process of revealing the Christ, the Son of the living God, to the world. Amen? Grow in yourself yourself and go. Grow and go. Get that into your spirit prophetically this morning as we begin the process to say we owe it to God, we owe it to ourselves, and we owe it to others to be the best version of you that you can possibly be in the year 2020. So Father, help us this morning. As we open Your Word, we pray that Your Spirit would work mightily in us. We pray, God, that we would just push push aside every barrier, every hindrance, every thought, Lord, that we would take captive to the obedience of Christ in our minds and in our spirit this morning, that Jesus, You can make a way inside of our hearts today. You're the way maker. Make a way, God. Help us to put push aside, Lord, those uh, those obstacles those things, those rocks that are sitting in the middle of the road, Lord, to make a way for Jesus Christ, to prepare the way of the Lord within our lives as we move forward into 2020. In Jesus' name, Amen. So this morning, we're going to look at the text of Paul talking about becoming the best version of you that you can possibly be. The book of Philippians is a wonderful book. The apostle wrote it whilst in prison, knowing that he would probably never see this beloved church that he planted and started. And so he's giving, his writing comes from the angle, I'm probably never going to see you again, so I'm going to give you my best advice. And when we understand that, we understand why he wrote some of the things that he did. And so as we look in chapter 2, And we begin reading from verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, For his good pleasure. (laughs) That's power packed. Do all things without complaining and disputing. And all the trade unionists said, amen. That verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. Here endeth the reading of God's Word. <laughs> if, praise God. I've got three simple, very simple points from this passage of Scripture. As we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us afresh this morning, the first is this. Maybe we just turn on, otherwise these guys are going to get sleepy. Can we just turn on a couple of the um, aircon units? Just get some air flowing in here. Your body heat is putting everyone else to sleep this morning. That means you're hot. Oh yeah. all right. All right. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to cool you down with some of these things here. Thank you. Just check the temperature on them. should be about 24, something like that. Okay. Number one, I want to say this today, is that God calls you to be the best version of you, and this is how he does it. He says to you, work out. Work out in your life what God has worked in you. If I was to give you the title to a gold mine this morning, and there's been certified uh, evidence that there is a whole vein of gold within that mine that's been given to you. Your responsibility, having received the title, you can say, yes, I own gold. And I have a gold mine, and I have all this wonderful gold, but it's going to be useless to you and to the rest of the world unless you go into that mine and you take the gold out. That you go to work. And you hit that vein and you begin to extract the gold that is in that mind that is the title in your name. That's exactly what Jesus has done for you. In Him is all the gold of the Father that has been placed in Christ. And He's put that in you. And now He says, I want you to work it out. I I want you to work out the salvation that Christ has gifted you to. Notice He didn't say work for your salvation. Notice He didn't say to you, work towards your salvation. He said, work out your salvation. Salvation, praise God, is a free gift to all who believe. Salvation was won on your behalf by what Jesus Christ accomplished for you when He went to the cross over 2,000 years ago. He gave it all for you. He bled, He suffered, He died. And in His death, He won on your behalf the gift of eternal life and he's granted that to you. Now he says, I've given you the title deed through my son to this gold mine. Now I want you to work out in that mine and begin to extract the gold that Christ has placed within you. Whew. Aren't you glad that Jesus saved you? Praise God. The word workout is a Greek word that has the connotations that you will complete what you start. It's working out in such a way as you would in a maths exam. Should you be given a problem? Who loved math problems when they were kids? Oh, yes, there's a few of you. There's a few of you. I knew there wouldn't be many. I knew there wouldn't be math. Oh, I hate math, they say. So you were given that problem. And you see, when you are given a math exam and you have a problem that you've got to solve using this mathematics that you were taught, you would have to work on that problem until you came to a solution. This is the same word that Paul is using here. He's saying, work out. Bring the walk of your salvation to the completion and the solution that Christ has given to you. Don't be half-hearted. Don't start and not finish. Don't be half-pie, as a good old Kiwi would say. You know, when I was learning to work after I left school, I had a boss that called me half-pie once, and it offended me so much that it changed my work ethic. So when I started a job, I'd always make sure I didn't do it half-pie, that I would finish the job, and that I would be proud of the work that I'd done. And so Paul is saying, work it out. He's saying, bring it to completion. He that's begun a good work in you, let it come to fullness. Let it come to completion within your life. Work it out. For example, when I came to Christ... Before and after in that moment of time that I had a revelation of Jesus and I received him into my life as I got down on my knees in that little flat all alone and I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, that changed my life. Guess what? My circumstances, my drug debts were still there after I received Christ. (laughs) My relational problems were still there after I received Jesus into my life that day. The money I owed other people was still being owed after I received Jesus that day. Now I had to go and work it out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not going to magically disappear. God wants you to work with Him to work it out and bring about the goodness of God within our lives. Hallelujah. It was up to me to be obedient to what God had shown me was the right thing including going and seeing former employers that I'd stole from and telling them and admitting them that I had stolen from them. Do you think that was an easy decision for me to make? I tell you what, that was really tough and became even tougher when my boss had me on in the process. He said, I'm just debating whether I'm going to call the cops. And I'm sitting there sweating, sweating. So, brothers and sisters, it's time to work out our salvation. It's time to... It's time to realize that becoming a Christian and sitting on your cloud nine with your golden harp, singing praises to God, is not going to change your life. He says, work it out, work it out, work it out. Secondly, before I go there, I just want to say this. Notice he said this, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more now in my absence. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, as a pastor, I'm always on my best behavior when I'm with my congregation. (sighs) You know, I want to make sure that they respect me. So I've got my Sunday fa- uh, face on. I've got my Sunday clothes on. I've got my Sunday attitudes on as I come. And I notice too that my congregation members also have their best <laughs> on when they're around me. Spiritual sunset, Sam. And spiritual sunset, Sally. are There with their best behaviour, their best clothes, looking absolutely bright and shiny on that Sunday. And this is what Paul was saying. He was saying, you've done it when I've been present with you. Hey, there's the Apostle Paul. He's come to church today. Oh, we better be on our best behaviour. He says, But now in my absence, now that I'm not going to be there with you, I want you even more so to work it out. Amen. Amen. I want you not to do it for me, church. I want you to do it for you and to do it for Him. Yes. Amen. Amen. The audience of one. When we discover the secret of the audience of one, when I'm away from the crowd, when I'm on my own, how am I then going to behave when nobody's looking in on my life? Paul says, in my absence, even the more so, work it out when I'm not around. (laughs) Amen. Can I hear an amen? And he says, work out. He says, work out your own salvation. He says, with fear and trembling. Why Why would Paul write this with fear and trembling? Let me tell you why. You have been given something incredibly holy. It's your life. Your life is incredibly precious. Your life is a prized commodity in the sight of God. You are to revere your life. It is so precious in the sight of God. You only get to live it once. And he says, I want you to work it out with an attitude of fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want you to work it out with an attitude of reverence towards the Lord, that this life you hold in your hands is precious. Therefore, I'm going to treat it as a precious, precious thing in the sight of of the Lord God. And when I'm thinking about doing some dumb things, may I feel the trembling of the Lord within my life and understand what that means to the Lord. Point number two today is let God work in you, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. The great thing about Christianity, as opposed to world religions, is this. When you receive Jesus Christ, his spirit came into your body. The Holy Spirit is with you. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit entered your physical body, and He now dwells with you. Wherever you go, you take the Spirit of God with you. Wherever you are, the Holy Spirit is in your life, and He when you go to town, when you go to work, when you go for that drive in your car, when you're out there playing tennis or badminton or squash or whatever your hobby may be, wherever you are, He is there with you, which. Simply means this as we work out, point number one, what God has worked into us, we must allow and let and invite the Holy Spirit to work in us so that God can have His perfect will and His perfect way within our life, and then we will see true results. Don't try and work it out on your own, don't try and work it out without His help working in you and through you in order to bring the transformation and bring about the best version of you. You need as much of the Holy Spirit's interaction and help within your life as you can possibly get. They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Romans chapter 8. Understand this. The word allow, the word let is crucial. For you to become the best version of you, you need to stop the roadblocks that you've been putting up to the Holy Spirit working within your life. You need to take down the sign that says trespassers will be prosecuted. You need to put up a sign that says, welcome, Holy Spirit, in 2020, in my life. You need to have written on your forehead, welcome, I am available. Holy Spirit, that God might be able to work in you because there's one thing you will never be delivered of. There's one thing that God can never deliver a person of. Everybody, Everyone thinks that God can. There's nothing impossible. That, God, there's nothing impossible to God. There's one thing you can never be delivered of, friends, and it's your will. <laughs> God gave man the sovereign choice to choose and make decisions within his or her life. And you take responsibility for that will. Therefore, if God is going to work in you, have an attitude of welcome. Say, Get up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what the day brings, but I want this to, I want you to know this. I want you to be welcomed into every part of my life. Every difficult, challenging part of my day, every relationship that is around you, I want you to be welcome and I want you to know that you can speak to me at any time and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. It's one thing to hear the voice of God. It's another thing to listen to the voice of God. Did you know that God speaks to many of us a lot? People say, I can't hear the voice of the Lord. I want to tell you, He's been talking to you a lot. What He wants you to do is to listen. Listen to listen to what he has been saying to you. So it's time in 2020 and moving forward, it's time to cooperate with God. It's time to communicate with God. You know, one of the most powerful things that any Christian can do, don't suppress your emotions. Your emotions are there because your body and your being is telling you something. Don't suppress them. Allow them to come to the surface and deal with what is driving, especially with negative and wrong emotions. They are present in your life for a reason. And God wants to get to the source of those negative emotions and those destructive emotions in your life that have hurt you in the past. And he wants to bring healing into our lives. Can I hear an amen to that this morning? Praise God. He wants you to collaborate with him, to work with him. You see, this scripture says it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is what that verse means. Simply this. God is willing and has a will. Over your life, he has a desire. If I, if I say that I will, I want to do something, that means I have a desire. Are you with me? I have a desire. This is what I want to happen. God has desires for you. He has desires over the direction of your life. He has desires with how you spend your life. There are desires that the Lord has towards you, and He wants to do those desires. He wants to bring them to pass. It's Him both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So to live your best life, friends, let God's desires for your life come to pass. Isn't that the best choice? What's going to be needed? Stop resisting him. Stop rebelling against him. It's gone very quiet in this first church of the frigid air this morning. <sighs> Stop resisting. Stop exerting your will above the will of God within your life today. Don't run from the Lord like Jonah did. Run to him in the name of Jesus. Finally this morning, this is the grow and go part. This is the go part. Let God work through you. Let me read that scripture again. He says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine. As lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Paul was saying this. He was saying, "I've, I've I've taken what God's given to me, and I have tipped my life over and poured out into your lives because I don't want to know at the end of your life that you've run a sloppy race. With all the training, the input, the love, the healing that I brought into your life, I don't want to hear at the end of your life that you've wasted it all. I put all this time and effort and exerting my life to be poured out on behalf of your life. I don't want you to run a sloppy race. I want you to run to win. I want you to run in such a way that you're going to get first prize. I want you to do justice to what Jesus has done for you. And I want you to live your life in such a way that I know that I haven't run my life in vain. That all the work and all the energy and all the input that I put into you has just been a waste of time. I don't want to hear that. He says, I want you to shine as lights in a crooked and a perverse world. Yes, he was, you see, Paul never, Paul never didn't acknowledge reality. He always acknowledged reality. Back there 2,000 years ago, the world was just as perverse and crooked. We've just got smarter crooked technology now and smarter perverse technology now. But it's always been in the heart of man. And he was saying, yes, I understand this. You live in a tough world. You live in a world that's crooked, it's bent. And you, people are never going to walk a straight line. They're going to always lean towards the, their, their forefather Adam and his ways. But I've called you out from that and I've called you not to walk crooked anymore. I've called you to walk a straight walk. I've called you to be the person that I've, called, that I've made you to be. Don't go back to your old ways. Don't live in the perversity of the world. Perverse means corrupting good morals. Don't allow your morals that have been delivered to you to be corrupted by your environment that's around about you. But shine as lights to this world. What an amazing piece of advice, he says. So grow and go. And I put it simply like this. Friends, if we want to be those bright shining lights in the world today, it's as simple as this. For the world to believe the good news, first of all, they've got to believe in you. Hello. When you are good news to them, then they might believe in the good news that you've got to share. That's why he was so careful to point out the perversity and the crookedness to live in it in the opposite spirit to the world and to do it without complaining or disputing. Hello? Can I ask you a question? How does the world feel after they've gone a couple of rounds with you? Without complaining or disputing. Or me? Do they say after an encounter with you, wow, what a whingy, whining, argumentative person. <sighs> yeah, did you hear that? They, they're a Christian. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> you're kidding. They, they're a Christian? Wow, what are they growing in churches these days? <laughs> Blameless and harmless. Woo. Yes, Lord, that's me. Hallelujah. It should be what we're saying through the work of Christ within our hearts. Children of God, without fault. (coughs) For the sake of the gospel, friends, we first need to be the good news before we share the good news out of our life. And then we'll find a lot more people believing in us. Hallelujah. So how does he say, he gives us the clue on how, as we finish this morning, holding fast the word of life. He says, this is the key. Hold fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. This is the word logos. In the beginning was the logos, the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and nothing that was made was made without him. The word Jesus Christ Hold fast to your relationship with Jesus. Hold fast to the ways of God, the thoughts of God, the Word of God, the declared manifestation of God in the world. Hold fast to the ways of God. That's why Jesus' first message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we often look at that message in such a negative, we get get a picture of someone screaming at you on the corner street, repent, you're going to hell. And we have such a negative connotation. It's one of the most positive messages of the Bible. Jesus was in fact saying this, a brand new way of life is here. It's a a way of life that the world has never experienced before or got the ability to come and experience God in a way that they've never done before. It's called the kingdom of God, the rule in the sphere where God rules. And he says, but you're never gonna enter into it until you repent, change the way that you have been thinking your life. That's what repentance means. Change the way that you've been thinking and behaving about your life, and you will see, and you will be able to enter into this brand new world of the kingdom of God today. So brothers and sisters, uh, this year as a church, we're adopting a Bible reading uh, program. It's called the F260. Sounds like a jet, doesn't it? The F-260 Bible reading program. You can get a copy of it up the back on the table there. And uh, I love this Bible reading program because it's full of grace. If you've ever tried reading the Bible in one year, it's a very legal experience. (laughs) But I praise God that people have been able to do it. I've never been able to do it, but I can do the F-260. And the F-260 gives you two days of grace a week. Praise God. So it's not a seven day a week. Bible reading program. It's a five-day-a-week Bible reading program with a couple of verses should you choose to memorize them at the end of each week, and you'll see it 52 weeks up the back table. You'll also, if you search on Bible You Version app, which is a very popular Bible reading program, and search under Bible reading plans, F260, because it's actually 260 days of reading, not 365 days of reading. That's why it's called the F260. So it's up the back there if you want a physical hard copy. And uh, as we go through discipleship uh, this year, as we go through the Bible reading program this year, uh, this will be our curriculum. The Word is our curriculum. So that when we get together, we're able to share, if we've been up to date with the Bible reading program, what God has been speaking to you about in your Bible reading program, because that's why you read the Word, is to interact with God. So, The Word is useless unless we ingest it, we digest it, we allow it to have its way. The Word of God will correct you. The Word of God will train you. The Word of God will lead you. The Word of God will grow you. The Word of God will help you live a righteous life. The Word, and this is why Paul says, hold fast to the Word of life. And we will grow and go. Can I ask us to stand as we finish the service this morning?